What is good, all of our listeners and viewers, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And it's officially flu season. Let's go. We are here with episode 86, and we're going to be talking about why game developers aren't actually creeps. It's crazy. I know, but we're going to talk about it. But first, let's talk about uh, some other segments, including that I'm recovering from the flu which is, I don't know if I was loud enough, in, like, as usual in my... Well, I guess we'll find out in post. Yeah, I usually drink by, but I love Powerade Zero Sugar. Like, I, I felt... Not sponsored. Fa- not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I just felt fatigued. Like, this this past week, I, I really wanted to get... Because, you know, if you listen to our other podcast about... How to chip away your backlog. I told you that I have a backlog to go through this year. Uh, and I want to chip away more at Witcher 3. <coughs> and um, I couldn't because I was dying. Yeah. Um, I had to stay home just to take care of him. Yeah. So now I'm just. Luckily, I can work from home. <laughs> so now I'm just like super fatigued, but I'm just like keeping up the energy, um, especially at work. Hence the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, how you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. It's been a weird week. It has. Because you were sick, but first we had food poisoning. I don't think mine was food poisoning. I think mine was just like the beginning. I don't know what mine was. I always have stomach troubles. Yeah, like yours was normal. I had to leave work early, which I haven't had to do in a very long time. Mm Mm-hmm. I had to leave work early because my stomach was bothering me. Only yeah. about an hour early, but still. I had to leave work early. Because mm-hmm. um, I had a bug or something. For, I don't know what that was. Yeah. And then you progressively got the flu. And so Thursday, I stayed home from work mm-hmm. and worked from home for the first time. That was interesting. Yeah, was because I, really nice. I couldn't do a yeah. thing. So I stayed home so I could take care of the dog and take care of him so that he didn't have to take care of the dog because we don't have a yard, so we can't just like let him out. We have to take him on yeah. a leash. Um, so I stayed home, did that, and then I went to work today. It was just a very strange week. Yeah. And it was really weird because I didn't catch your flu. No. Which truly means that New York was poisoned to my immune system <laughs> because yeah. I... Don't get sick. I don't usually catch colds or flus when other people have them. But when we were in New York, if Adam got the flu, I got the flu next. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I didn't catch it yeah, means that New York was just the devil to my immune system. Yeah. I'm so glad we're not in New York anymore. Also, a quick update about work. Last week I shared that somebody mistaked me for the owner. Yes. So I did go back to work today yeah. uh, because <laughs> your boys paid hourly. <laughs> Uh, and doesn't want to work, you know, less. But um, yeah, so once again, I am fatigued today. Like, I'm still sick mm-hmm. and I still need a bed rest. But it, again, but also needs money. you know, <laughs> prior to my last statement, yeah, boy, works hourly. Uh, I'm going, but I was fatigued. I'm still dressed like a, you know, a glorified McDonald's employee. And once again, I'm at the host station. Mm-hmm. And the and like um, I'm introducing them to the baked goods. You're like, oh, you know our cookies, and they're like, oh, is this is this your place? What? Like I'm I look like a zombie right now, <laughs> with like a cap on. How if do I, I own this place? I would not be here today. <laughs> yeah. How do I look like the owner? Is it because I'm not a high schooler? 
Maybe, maybe it's just the that maybe you're it's because my age. Yeah, it might be just be your age that you look older. You look old enough to own the place. I guess so, but like you're, every you're close to the owner's age. I am, but it's just kind of like no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just yeah don't have a you know salary job. This is where I work. Yeah, <laughs> it's just who I am. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to disappoint. But yeah, once again, I was uh, mistaken for the owner. I was like, um, nope. But so oh, you just look that nice. Yeah, that's not real. <laughs> so before we get into our first segment, uh, we want to remind all of you that we're on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Easter Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, the toxic wasteland of Facebook. You can find us there. And finally, uh, not finally, but you can check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website. It's find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the we- of the podcast, uh, as well as uh, read some articles that I've written in the past. And finally, if you haven't already, if you haven't already, if you're watching this on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as, you know, joining us human beings here on the Human Being channel. Oh, did I say human beings? I meant games and groceries the place for human beings so definitely hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so that you know and uh we've got some plans for 2020 we're going to be uh revealing pretty soon but yeah best way to find out about that is hitting that subscribe button on youtube Mm -hmm. do it all right so let's just go i'm not gonna do it the way i usually do it because i can't that'll probably burst your brain yeah all right i'm just gonna do it regular uh we're gonna go into our first segment Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, or Disney Plus, and we like recommend it, or we don't recommend it. Yeah, that uh, transition was like the most, the least energy I've ever given, but I'm going to keep it here, folks. Keeping the energy up. Uh, But we're going to be talking about something that's on Hulu exclusively. Uh, that I missed in the past year, and I've heard mm-hmm. some good things about. Uh, the movie is called Booksmart. So, yeah. Liz, opening thoughts. Um, first, I actually wanted to see this in theaters, but we never got around to it. Um, but it was a good movie. Oopsies. It yeah. was, we were a little um, worried when it first said that it was a little bit of, we heard that it was a little bit of raunchy yeah. humor. But it honestly, and I'm not a big fan of raunchy, but this wasn't that bad. No. Like it was still enjoyable and people are probably going to hate me for this, but I really hated bridesmaids and that is the kind of raunchy that I just can't do. Unnecessarily raunchy. Yeah. Whereas this, it, it fit the conversation yeah. and it wasn't too much. Like they didn't take it too far. Yeah. And, um, but I thought it was a good movie. It was cute. I liked the story. They didn't go with the typical way the story could go. Mm-hmm. Um, or the typical way the story would be like why it was happening. Mm-hmm. So, I I liked it. Yeah. So, my first note, and I always have three notes uh, whenever I look at some movies. Uh, my first note is that within the first fifteen minutes, the plot explanation—it's just so well written, well delivered, and well directed that you know exactly where this is going to go, but in kind of like a good way. Uh. You, you see movie explanations like, oh, I know where this movie's going. But now you know where the direction is going. Like mm-hmm. within the first 15 minutes, the, the director, by the way, Olivia Wilde. And yeah. I believe this, this was her, her directorial debut. I was going to say her director. Yeah. Like 
within the first 15 minutes, Olivia Wilde says, like, this is where we're going. This is the direction. This is why. This is why. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is in, like, the description. But, you know, two girls who are, oh, look at that, book smart. Um, they spent all four years of their high school not partying, not having any fun, just focusing on their studies, getting grades, like, great, mm-hmm. like, A pluses, 4.0s. Yeah. And they find out that the partiers in their senior year, last day, mm-hmm. last day of school in senior year, all the party kids are all going to like Stanford and yeah, the Harvard, same schools that Georgetown. these two got into. Yeah. And they partied. They had a life while also being academic and they yeah. feel like they've wasted it. And now the movie is like they need to fit four years of fun into one night. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just so well written and yeah. delivered the way it was yeah. explained in the, the first fifteen minutes. Were so good in their roles. Yes, and one of the girls is the is the youngest daughter from Last Man Standing, oh, okay. and I really like her as an actress. Like I like her in Last Man Standing. I like her in this. She's just got that like quirkiness about her that I like in actresses. Yeah. So I. I was happy to see her in this movie. Like she was good in her role. It was just the, the girls did a really good job in their roles. Yeah. They seemed to really have a good chemistry on screen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. It's that, like you said, I, I thought the chemistry between them was fantastic. Like they look like the way they acted, you would think they're best friends in real life mm-hmm. because it reminds you of you and your best friend. Even if you don't do the same things, just yeah. their like inside stuff is like, It's like, oh, it's like me and my best friend. Yeah. Now, this goes into my second note. And I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of middling for me, which is why it's my second note. Um, The movie. okay, don't get me wrong here. Again, this is like middling. This isn't a bad thing. It's not really Mm -hmm. super bad. But this movie. (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) This movie is basically. A female super bad. And what I mean by that is that if you've watched Super Bad, like I did in theaters twice when it came out in 2007 <laughs> or 2008, I can't remember. I have no idea. Um, it kind of follows the same, not tropes, I don't want to say tropes, but it kind of follows the same beats as Super Bad did. Uh, and I don't think it was a bad thing. It just, you could tell Olivia Wilde has seen Super Bad. Not mm-hmm. only has seen it, but loved it yeah. and has took inspiration from it. And I think that could bother some people or it could be like, wow, this is this yeah. is super bad. And super bad was really good. So I don't know how some people would feel about that. But I, I think it more took inspiration from the movie than it was a complete ripoff. Yeah. Because you, you were mentioning that and I was like, I've never seen super bad. So I just like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember being a high schooler when that movie came out and just my mind just i never saw it i don't think i wanted to see it in high school either yeah but um you know take that as you mean it it's not really like a you know anything against the movie i just want you to know that like in my opinion in my opinion it's it definitely takes inspiration from super bad um the dog needs help oh my goodness buggy he was like sizing up the chair but like i can't get on that my goodness his pillows were in the way our dog is spoiled so let me go into my final note because this is my one gripe. And I think this is my personal because mm-hmm. you didn't mind this. No. So I think that the movie is beautifully set up. Uh, the second act is 
fantastic. It's funny. If you like Superbad, you're going to really like this movie. The third act, though, for some reason, Olivia Wilde just goes like she skirts into the exit and the movie changes tones drastically. Mm -hmm. And what I appreciate about Superbad is that, you know, the tone stays the same throughout the movie. Basically, Mm -hmm. this one, it was like a, you know, another high school comedy, but then it turns the wheels into something dramatic and almost like a teen drama. And then it goes back into a teen comedy. And I don't know, it kind of like the third act doesn't really stay on track. And it kind of bothered me a little bit. Yeah. But you didn't mind it. No, I think the con- the, the conflict in the movie, I thought that was done. I loved that scene. Yeah. I, abs- I thought that was amazing. I thought that it was well handled. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind the th- the conflict. The th- I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't mind the last part of the movie. I mean, thinking back, it might have been a little rushed, but yeah. I didn't. I watching it, I wasn't like, oh, this is awkward. Mm-hmm. I I I don't think it was awkward. It's just to me that like, why? Yeah. Like I, I felt- you also analyze movies more closely than I do. Yeah. And uh, I watched Chris Stuckman's review of this afterwards. And, you know, he even said that, like, the movie kind of relies on music too much. And I I partially agree. But it was certainly a third act changing tones Mm -hmm. and then changing back to the other tone. That was just kind of like, why? But, you know, that's just my personal preference. Liz didn't mind that. So take that with a grain of salt. Like, I loved that. It depended a lot on music. And I just was a little, eh. But I don't think that really took away from the movie to make it, you know, I don't think it made it super bad at all. You're too much. (laughs) So let's go into our final ratings real quick. Uh, What did you give it? I gave it a seven. Okay. Um, Sticking with it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I enjoy this movie. I don't know if I would ever be like go out of my way to watch it again. But if I was with someone and they wanted to go see it or they wanted to watch it, I'd be like, all right, fine. Like, I don't care. But I wouldn't go out of my way to see it again. But I enjoyed it. I definitely don't think it was a waste of time. It was mm-hmm. a good movie. It was cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But I don't think it was anything like amazing. Maybe mm-hmm. I'd give it an eight. I don't know. Between a seven and an eight. Somewhere in there. Well, that's what I gave it. I gave it a 7.5. Uh, and now in our rating scale, a seven is a it's a decent movie. An eight is a solid movie. And for Olivia Wilde to come out with her directorial debut, I have to give this right in between a decent and a solid movie. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you know, thinking about it, like, I want to give it an eight. I know. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I want to give it an eight. It is like when I say that, like like an eight on the edge, it's like a seven point nine. Yeah. I want to give it a generous seven. Yes. So probably like a 7.8. Yeah. I don't think it was a solid film, but for a directorial debut, I think it was solid. Yeah. So, you know, in in spite of that, I think because it's a directorial debut from Olivia Wilde, I, I think this is a solid movie. Yes. So I'll give it an eight. Okay. Uh, because the direction was clear. The message was clear. Uh, nothing about it. You felt tricked in. I think, and that's the thing, like a direction in a movie tells a lot. 
And this movie, you knew what the direction was, and it stuck to that direction. The tone, that's that's up to question, but the direction mm-hmm. of the movie stayed the same. Yes. So I'll give it an eight, a solid movie. Yeah. And for your thing with Chekhov's gun, she did not bring anything up that was not mm. brought up later. Solid movie, an yeah. eight. So again, this movie's called Booksmart. It's exclusively on Hulu for now. Um, but if you have Hulu... Definitely check it out. Um, I think it was okay. Yeah. It's a solid movie. I enjoyed it. So I think this brings us... I still can't do my usual transitions. I do it. You want to try the way I usually do it? Go for it. On to our next segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the game news that we saw in the past week. And we'd like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry. So... Let's get right into it with our number three gaming news, and that is, oh no, oopsie dinkles, another game has been delayed. It's just that season. Oh no, and it's Dying Light 2, but what's interesting though is that this is another Square Enix delay, Hmm. Uh, because if you remember from last week, both Avengers and Final Fantasy VII Remake, yeah. Square Enix, uh, delayed. Now, what makes this gaming news is that Dying Light 2 has been delayed indefinitely. Like, it doesn't have a new release yeah. date. Whereas Avengers got a release date in September. They just pushed back. Yeah, they were just pushed back, and they got new release dates. Yeah. And, okay, so before I say anything else, I just want to read the statement that uh, the company gave. I believe it was uh, Techland. I think Techland is making this. Uh, If I'm wrong, write in the comments down below. Uh, Also write in the comments down below how much you love me. But uh, let's read this statement real quick. To our dedicated community, it was a busy year for us as we continued working on our biggest project to date. We know you are awaiting the game eagerly. And we want to deliver exactly what you promised or what we promised, what you (laughs) promised, what you promised. Um, We were initially aiming for spring 2020 release with Dying Light 2. But unfortunately, we need more development time to fulfill our vision. Uh, We will have more detail. Okay, here's important. We will have more details to share in the coming months. We will, be get, we will get back to you as soon as we have more information. We apologize for this unwelcome news. Our priority is to deliver an experience that lives up to our own high standards and to the ex- expectations of you, our fans. Uh, please stay tuned and thank you to our fans. Support, patience, and understanding. Love you, Techland. Um, okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. One being, you know, there's information coming. Uh, They promised that, that we will have a lot more details. Now, the other thing is that if you remember the reveal of Dying Light 2, there was a lot of massive uh, promises, including, I don't know if you remember this, but the environments changes based on your actions. I do vaguely remember that. Now, when I say that's a big promise, you know, it seems like a big promise, but also Dishonored kind of did that, too. Mm-hmm. Based on your actions, the environment changed around you. And now it's just Arcane Studios. Now, 
Now, when I say just arcane, arcane is respectful. I have the flu. Forgive me. It's hard as shit. But that's the thing. Is that like... There's some games have done this, but the way they described it, it seems pretty big. Now, a lot of people are also saying like, oh, well, it doesn't run well in the Xbox One S. So they're just delaying it for the next generation. And they're kind of saying it like a bad way. Um, anybody that says that's a bad thing. So I just want to give you a little reminder. Uh, let me get some tea here. Some blue Powerade tea. Ew. <clears throat> uh, give me a minute. Uh, Anthem. Enough said. Uh, no, but Anthem, okay, needed to be delayed, right? It needed to be delayed because the reports are coming out that it was crashing PS4s. Yeah. Like, we got leaks about it saying that Anthem tests were actually crashing PS4s. We were like, oh, that's not real. Anthem came out. Oh, and what did it do? Oh, it crashed PS4s. Yeah. Anthem, people. But so if they're delaying it because it doesn't run well in the Xbox One S and they're waiting for the next gen, let them just do it. Like, really? 2020 is a big enough year already that you're not going to have time to play Dying Light 2 anyway. So if you have to wait until the next generation comes out, Mm -hmm. so be it. Yeah. Quite honestly, what do you think? I always think delaying a game is better than putting out a broken one. Oh, like what game? Like Fallout. Oh, yeah, Fallout 76. Like the one you just said. Anthem. Yeah, I thought that's what you said, but I wasn't sure. Here's the T, because I'm not going to say that word. Yeah, like, or um, um, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like all these games that has come out in the past few years that they just, I say this every time we have a new segment like this, like they rely so much on Mm -hmm. today's technology of like, eh, we can put it out half finished and we'll just put a day one patch and then a week patch, like a patch later. And we can do, we can just do patches to make it a finished game, you know, after a year of it being out. And I think that's ridiculous because when we were younger, you had to finish the game because guess what? You didn't have the ability to change it after you released it. Once you released it, that was the game, whether it was bad or not. Yeah. And they just, they're like, look, this technology, we can put out a half finished, broken, mm-hmm. crashing game and just fix it later. And they'll yeah. like, we'll get all their money for it. Now, no, that's, that's rude and it's disrespectful to your customers. Now, one could argue that games are much bigger than back then, but also one could also argue that there's a lot of more corporate pressure to put out a game more than was. We last also year. pay more for games, though. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, games are bigger and everything, but we also pay more for them. So why are we paying more for a half finished game mm-hmm. when if we're paying more, we should get the finished game because it's, it is bigger. Yeah. Like, that's why we pay more for it. Mm-hmm. That's why you should work harder on it. Like. It's your whole job. Your whole job is to give games. So I think wrapping this segment up, uh, Dying Light, right move. Good job. Yeah. I'm very proud of any company and developer that wants to delay a game to make Mm -hmm. it better. If after a delay it still comes out really bad, then we have a problem. Sure. But you know. But at least they're trying. If they are waiting to the next generation, 
good on them. Yeah. Like, I have nothing more to say about mm-hmm. that um, because it might crash the Xbox One S and, you know, wait mm-hmm. to the next gen. That's totally fine. So let's move on to our number two uh, gaming news. And... Uh, oh, no. Rumor alert. Um, so Kotor could be coming back. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. I never get to do that anymore. Uh, it's because it's like so you have to like reach it down. Yeah, now I have to reach. Whereas before it was just like right there. So Knights of the Old Republic could be coming back. Kotor could be coming back as a remake. Kind of, sort of, if you read the article. So KOTOR, which is one of my favorite games of all time. And when I heard this rumor, I'm like, okay, a remake. I'm scared, but okay, let's do this. Um, So this comes from two sources, apparently. Two anonymous sources that um, you know, share their information. And I want to read the article, which is all these articles are linked down below in the description. Uh, so if you want to read the article, definitely go ahead and do it. Because it could be wrong. But I want to read this one statement saying, whoop, uh, according to one one of the sources, the previously mentioned Knights of the Old Republic remake is back in development. My other source added to that saying they felt it wasn't so much a remake, but a quote-unquote sequel of sorts. It would be a Knights of the Old Republic project that would integrate elements from the first two games in order to bring certain things in order to bring certain things into the current Star Wars canon. Not necessarily a remake so much as a reimagining. So that's pretty cool. And I think from that, uh, from what I can see, we could see almost like a reboot to the series, much like when we saw Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing like Assassin's Creed Syndicate because it was, you know, let's say it together now. A reboot, not a remake, a reboot, or a reimagining. And it could be that. Like what he said, it's a sequel more than a remake. Yeah. Any thoughts about this? Because you're I... you're a massive Knights of the Old Republic fan. Oh, You've yeah. played the game. Oh, yeah. Many times. times. Oh. Um, so, I don't know. Part of it sounds like they don't need, they, they want to make a KOTOR-esque Mm-hmm. move or game yeah but it doesn't seem like they quite know what they're doing yet like that's what it sounds like it sounds like they have ideas but they don't actually know what they're doing right now well no i think i think they do because this is just the words of the sources that's what i mean well yeah I don't so know. like i think the sources know what they're doing but they're being secretive because they're under nda Maybe. um because the first one says the uh, Knights of the Republic, it's actually going together. But the second source is like, well, hold on. It's not necessarily, don't get your hopes up about the remake because it's a sequel. Okay. So this isn't from EA. Yeah. This is from two anonymous sources. Credible sources that they say, but sources nonetheless. Yeah. Um. So again, this is a big rumor. I don't think there's much more to say. Not till we find out more. Yeah, and my final note about this is that time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, I'm excited for this because I really want to play KOTOR again really bad. And it 
you know, running it on a Windows 10 PC is a nightmare <laughs> and it always corrupts the file and I hate it. Um, I might have to buy it on my Xbox One because then it'll actually run. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <sighs> I just want to play KOTOR again. Windows 10 doesn't let me, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, super exciting news. Now, let's move on to our number one gaming news. Is that... Pokemon Go actually does great for the nation of America. Woohoo! Because I originally said the world because I, I misread the article. Well, let me get into it first. Uh, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, last year alone in 2019, uh, the live events drove nearly $250 million in tourism revenue. Woohoo! $250 million. That's awesome. It really is. It's really cool. Now, this is coming from Niantic, and they uh, kind of you know shared their numbers a little bit, and it that two hundred fifty million was over the like over three cities. Two hundred fifty. Not mi- a lot. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's not a lot of cities to, and that's a lot of money. That's what I mean. Like three cities. Now, when I say like, oh, it's the world's economy that's being affected, that's because I, I saw that they're planning they're planning yeah. an event in London. There you go. So that that 250 million isn't in London, it's just in the United States. One of them, <laughs> uh, part of that, 120 million of that 250 million, um, is from that um the uh the Chicago Pokemon Go Fest, and that didn't go so well. No. Um, which stunk. Wait, that was in 2017, though. Wait, I gotta read this again. I've been re- like I said this week. I was sick, so I read that article. I was like, oh yeah, it well. Says 2017, right there. Yeah. So I don't know. Read the article down below, because again, I was sick this week, so I was reading these articles. Like, wow, wow. Um, but yeah, the one in they're doing. They're thinking a Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Well. Mm-hmm. like kind of do the same thing in Liverpool. Yeah. But that that's the thing is that like across three cities, you know, the live events have uh, spoken with yeah. $250 million in, re- in they're tourism. Just, they're basically just saying that it looks like apps like these and events like these mm-hmm. are helping more than hurting than people would like to think. So I want to read this statement before I move on um, saying this. Niantic has greatly improved its live events infrastructure in the years since. Talking about the Chicago, uh, which was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that was just a. Ooh. Uh, and its events now go off largely without any issues. Okay. Um, another Pokemon Go Fest, this one in the German city of Dortmund. That's what I read. Go at them. Good job, hon. Uh, drew even more players last year, totaling more than 86,000 attendees, although it ultimately generated just under $60 million in tourism revenue, Niantic said. So Pokemon Go still, to this day, since its launch in 2016, is affecting the world positively. Yep. Whether you think the game is annoying or not. Yeah. It's having positive effects. First, when it first came out, it actually got people outside. Yeah. That was the first positive effect. And now it's, you know, four years later yeah. almost, in, in summer of this year, four years yeah. later, it's affecting the economy yeah. in a positive way. Yeah. And I think it's also nice that you also see all these stories of like, 
it also helps it brings relationships together like couples and parents and their children and like you see all the time like a dad with his kid or something like that or Mm -hmm. like a whole family is out playing pokemon go together and i just think that's awesome and so i mean even whether you like these games or not whether you like video games or you're against them or not like you can't deny this information it's there so good on pokemon go uh, I think I'll end it there because clearly my sick brain didn't read this article right. Um, and I'm just reading it on the spot like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is interesting. But <laughs> we should make this gaming news. <laughs> Go at him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's having positive effects. And look at that. A video game is actually having positive effects in America. Mm-hmm. Whether or not some people believe that or not, that video games have a positive effect, which brings us to our main topic. Uh, yeah. Because game devs actually aren't creeps yeah. that tell people to kill each other. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, let's just move on. So this is our final segment. I'm actually going to give the transition and <laughs> see if I can do it. So let's move on to our final segment. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> That gave me a headache. Talkie time. Talkie time is a segment that really hurt my brain. I can't do this with the flu. Um, Did you know Michael Jordan played a playoff game with the flu? I think you have told me that, yes. I heard that fact, and I'm like, freaking how? When I had the flu the past two years, I was like dead to the earth. Yeah. I couldn't even, I remember there was one, like I literally could not move off the couch. Like it physically hurt my whole body to try and get off the couch. Mm -hmm. Someday they'll be saying, you know, Adam recorded a podcast with the flu. You barely got the flu left. Yeah, I know. I'm on my, I'm on the healing stages, but I'm just. You had two days of like laying there like a dead body. I have like a (laughs) massive headache all day. But anyways, okay. So back on track. Talkie Time is a segment that we talk about the, you know, little gaming topics in the games industry, whether it be about female gamers or, you know, game collections or even um, like what Nick DiPaolo talked about, breaking the mold of game development. So uh, this week we want to talk about Bernie Sanders' comments on game developers. And we always like to define our conversation here on Games and Groceries before we even start the conversation. So Bernie Sanders... Bernie Sanders. Not Bernie Sanders. Did I say Bernie Sanders? I don't know if you said him the first time, but it's oh, Joe no. Biden. It's Joe Biden. Sorry, everybody. Bernie Sanders has not commented on video games. Feel the burn. So Joe Biden, actually, sorry yeah. about that. Joe Biden went on New York Times to talk about a few things. I have, you know, the article linked down below from Forbes magazine, but they also linked to the full uh, interview. And I read, you know, most of it. Joe Biden was like super defensive in this interview, like going like he said that he's not being anti-millennial, but you read it and it's just like, yikes. Like, yes, you are. He's like, why should I be involved in millennials troubles? And because uh, you're the you want to be the president and read his comment, like just just read the interview. It was I'm very defensive. I feel like it'll raise my blood pressure. It was really weird how defensive he got. But then the Forbes magazine kind of highlights this. And, you know, it's in the interview section, but let me read, you know, this segment of the interview. So Joe Biden says this. Okay. And you may recall 
the criticism I got for meeting with the leaders of Silicon Valley. Uh, when I was trying to work out an agreement dealing with them, protecting intellectual property for artists in the United States of America. And at one point, one of the little creeps sitting around the table who was a multi close to a billionaire who told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. You know, the like video games, the interviewer says, yeah, video games. Then one of the righteous people said to me that, you know, we are the economic engine of America. We are the ones. And fortunately, I had done a little homework before I went and I said, you know, I find it fascinating. As I added up to the seven outfits, everyone's there but Microsoft. I said, you have fewer people on your payroll than all the losses that General Motors have faced in the last quarter of employees. So don't lecture me about how you created all this employment. The point is, there's an arrogance about it, an overwhelming arrogance that we are, we are the ones, we can do what we want. I disagree. So what Joe Biden is basically saying is that he doesn't feel that game developers are actually anything to do with the economic force that America yeah. is currently having right now. Even though it's been proven that video games are actually topping the movie industry right mm -hmm. now. Like by like an avalanche. Yeah. And he's then saying that one of yeah, let me read that one statement. Um Pointing uh, at one point, one of the little creeps sitting around the table. That's not language you use when you want to be president, sir. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that's the first time you saw that statement. That is the first time I saw like the full statement. Like you told me like, oh, yeah, he said this. And I was like, oh, what a jerk. And then I saw it like written out like his actual words. The way he said, it. I'm just like. It like hurts me and it like kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. To think that like someone thinks this way, and I know tons of people do, but to see it written out word for word of what he said and seeing it, it's just like, mm -hmm. why are people so negative and why little creeps? Like, why, why do you need to use that language? Why can't you just say one of those people? Like, yeah, that's not nice either, but little creeps like, yeah. It's like, it's just hurtful and it's unnecessary. And for someone who wants to be president thinking that he doesn't need to concern himself with that group of people, we're a pretty group, big group of people. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's disappointing to see in an adult who's lived as long as he has lived through as much as he has. And just, just to have that attitude, it's just disappointing. And like, Kind of hurtful. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like yeah. kind of hurt by everything he just said. And I'm not even a developer. I'm just part of the gaming community. And it's just disappointing. Now. And he definitely lost my vote. Dang. Now, we're not trying to get political here. Yeah. But this is actually, again, whenever I say this, that one person's opinion, this isn't just one person's opinion. A lot of different older politicians mm -hmm. have this same view oh yeah definitely like i this said isn't, i know a ton of people have this idea it's just to 
he said it. Yeah. <laughs> he said it in, a, in an interview with New York Times. Now, here's the other argument he said that part of his argument was like, you know what? You actually don't matter because you have less employees than GM actually lost. Now, I Googled this just to make sure I'm right, and I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the video game Rise. Okay, let's put this in perspective. The video game Rise has come out since, let's say, let's be generous here, 1985. You know, give or take, could be 1980, could be 1987, but, you know, let's say 1985. The video game industry really took a boom. Mm -hmm. And we're already above the movie industry, and we're creating economics, and we're creating jobs, right? And he says, well, GM has more employees. Well, here's the other thing. GM, General Motors, um, has been around for, oh, what's this? 111 years. Yep. Since 1908. So, yeah, they have more employees. We haven't even had video games that long. Exactly. They've been around since 1908. They've been, okay, put this in perspective. They've been around since the first World War like they've been around since we haven't World even War had I. movies that long. When was the first airplane invented? <laughs> Just to basically, we're saying that there's a lot of things that haven't been around that long that, of course, would have. It's been around since less... Betty White. No, that's before Betty White. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is that like he has this argument that. They have less employees than GM, yeah, but like that's, not that's a, a good stupid argument. argument. That's a horrible argument. Now, this is all for concern, though, when he's calling that game developers are creeps, trying to tell people that all video games are trying to do is teach people how to kill is because he's up for office. And once yeah. again, I want to reiterate that this is not a Joe Biden exclusive like thought process in yeah, fact like a lot of people think this way yeah in fact the article linked down below from forbes um also states that trump uh who is currently in office and again this isn't like a hey buddy come here this isn't like a political stance or anything but trump has also blamed video games for mm-hmm. shootings wrongfully so a lot of people do anytime they're just shooting people blame video games now, this is the thing is that I'm not trying to say that Joe Biden doesn't deserve it. I'm not trying to say that. I don't care. Really, I really don't care who you vote for. Yeah, we really don't. But you should really focus in on what the belief systems each politician has because these people are going into office and they will play out. Uh, again, this statement was taken after his you know thought process of Article 203. Uh, which basically says, you know, that governments can have a say in, you know, what goes on in intellectual properties, mm-hmm. that governments will have control over this. Like what Joe, Joe Biden says in his last statement, um, the point is there's an arrogance about it, an overwhelming arrogance that we are, we are the ones, we can do what we want to do. And he says, I disagree. Meaning that he wants governments involved in every single part mm-hmm. of video games. And if his belief system is that all video games cause violence, all video games, including Oxenfree, including Mario Kart, Mario Kart, including 
uh, like any game. In fact, you know, we did a midweek. We're going to be doing a midweek speak soon of what your thoughts are on your favorite nonviolent video games. But that's what he believes video games mm-hmm. are. And this is cause for concern because they believe that game developers are creeps. Yeah. And it's really not. They are artists. They are. They are. And tr- yeah. I just want to say, because this has been on my mind since he, since he said somewhere in there that it's like teaching them how to kill and everything like that. Saying that a video game with guns is teaching someone how to shoot is like saying Mario Kart is teaching how to drive. And last I checked, I'm terrible at Mario Kart, but I'm a perfectly fine driver. I've never gotten in an accident. I've never driven off yeah. the road and off a cliff. You know. So I just want to put that in there. I'm good now. You know what's funny, though? What? Uh, when he said that, it reminded me when uh, the game Watch Dogs came out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? No, I don't. Uh, when the game Watch Dogs came out, there were actually news reports. And I'm dead serious. <laughs> Did you... <laughs> They actually said that watchdogs will teach kids how to hack. Yes, 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 yes. I do remember that. I was like, that's I'm not, like, that's not, it's, it's, what? this isn't, what is the, this isn't jumpstart. These aren't the jumpstart <laughs> games that we played growing up. It's not like something that, it's not the same as when those taught us how to do math and read. That's not how these video games work. Like if you play like, Watch Dogs, like playing Rock Band is not going to teach you how to play the drums or the guitar. Yeah, no. It's that's it's it's not how that it's not how any it's not how any of this works. But that's the thing is that like um, it doesn't teach you how to kill. Just like Watch Dogs doesn't teach you how to hack. You dummy. But this is, this like makes my blood boil. Like it's just insane that people think this. Now what? Joe Biden also doesn't not okay. I should stop using Joe Biden's name. Well, he's the one that said it. Yeah, so it but makes sense we should you know come up with like um you know everybody like old boomers. Let's just say old boomers, <laughs> but old boomer politicians. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. that's so hateful. It is. Um, I hate that word. Okay, boomer, but Ugh. um, but what these politicians don't realize. And they're saying, like, oh, they think they're artists. They think they're artists. Okay, let, let's go on the game developer side here because, you know, we are on game developer side here. If they do believe that they're artists, what they don't understand about art in general, whether it be about painting art, movie direction being an art, video games being an art. And we talked about this in our earliest episodes. You know, video games are an art. You know, you know if you want to go back to that episode and listen to it, um, please don't. But what they don't realize is that art always reflects real-time events. Mm-hmm. That's when the Renaissance was really coming out. Like re- Renaissance art was reflecting real-time events. Yeah. And you can actually tell from art. Like the reason why we need to respect art in museums so well is because they are defining point in history yeah where we can actually look into the eyes of an artist and see how the world was like because art again reflects real-time yeah. events now when joe biden says or any boomer politician when any <laughs> like older politician says that oh video games just have gun violence video games just have this and that you know what was happening when Call of Duty was really taking a rise? When Modern Warfare, the very first one, really came out in 2006, 2007? Oh, what was happening? You know, you know, little thing called the Iraqi War? Yeah. We were living in a time of warfare. 
yeah. at that time. And what artists were doing, especially, you know, games like Gears of War. All these games were kind of reflecting real-time events, and the early 2000s were a time of serious, crucial war. Mm -hmm. And video game developers who are, oh, let's say it together now, artists were actually reflecting real-time events. Yeah. And that's what he doesn't understand is that like, oh, it's all about gun violence. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Because right now we are living in a time of war. Now, I've always wanted to do an episode about this, but I've wanted to like really put in a time for research because I didn't want to just like say what I thought. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of too late because it's already happening now. I'm talking about I wanted to do this before, like in our episode 40s. Yeah. Um, but I want to do an episode like why we're going to see a rise in sci-fi games because what's happening right now in 2020, we have, uh, rising stars, <laughs> rising stars, stupid Adam, um, Elon Musk, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, flat earthers, um, you know, rising stars like them. <laughs> and it's all about, you know, SpaceX and yeah. all this, like the, our eyes are on the stars right now. Yeah. And now we're seeing a rise in sci-fi games. Mm -hmm. Like Star sci-fi movies. And sci-fi movies. You got games like Starfield. Mass Effect is um probably getting a release in 2020. Mm -hmm. We're having a lot of like space-like games. It's because artists like game developers yeah. are reflecting real-time events. Yeah. And that's, you know, people are, you know, generally into space because Oh, you know, math is related to science and blah, blah, blah. Do you do you know that meme? Is math related to science? Yes. Yeah, with Katy Perry? Yes. That was funny. That's an old one. It is an old one. It's an oldie but a goldie. Uh, what What do you think about that? About my, my very deep statement about art? <laughs> I think it's true. And if anything, even if it's not that they're like reflecting on what's going on around them, they're saying... This is what everyone's talking about right now. This is what everyone is thinking about. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be naturally drawn to a game that also fits that. If everyone's talking about sci-fi things, yeah, the customers, they even if you're talking about teenagers, yeah. they're going to be naturally subconsciously drawn towards that game because that's where mm -hmm. their minds are right now. Yeah. And I'm still on the violence comment. Like, yeah litter like ugh. there's like tons of games that literally yeah. have no violence in them uh Not yeah let me read that like, statement again um at one point one of the little creeps sitting around the table who was a multi close to a billionaire who told me he was an artist because here's a stupid thing you know he misquoted him oh yeah who told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. Teach you. How does a game how does a game teach you? You wanna know? I had an actual person teaching me how to do archery and I still didn't hit the bullseye. So I really doubt a game where there are guns will teach me how to use a gun. You know what'd be hilarious? What? Is if the little creep I want to know who the little creep is. I really, 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 really do. Because what if the little creep he was talking about that comes up with games to teach you how to kill people, what if that was Corey Barlog with God of War? Hmm. That would be so funny. That'd be hilarious. Because that was the most emotional roller coaster 
that's ever come to be. And all Joe Biden sees is like there were no guns in that. There were no guns, but there was um, a lot of violence and kind of war. Um, But that's the thing. I would like to know who this little creep is because watch it be. I want to know if Joe Biden has ever played Mario Kart. Yeah. Or like he has grandkids, doesn't he? Well, yeah, because in his interview, he talks about how his granddaughter, how he doesn't care about your student loans because, you know, his granddaughter made it. So should you. Her Um, grandfather was the vice president of the United States. Of course, she doesn't have to worry about student loans. Well, we're not talking about that. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's a whole other. You should really read the interview. No, because you know how high my (laughs) blood pressure will go. You'll find me at home dead on the floor. Yeah. I'll just go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you but, don't want me to read that article. Um, but here's the thing, though, <laughs> is that, like, we're coming into election season. And this is the thing. This is crucial. Mm-hmm. That, and again, I'm really, really, really not trying to say that you shouldn't vote for Because guess what? We live in America. Vote for freedom. whoever you want. I don't care. Write in your vote for Harambe again. Please don't do that. That was a waste of Please a vote. Don't do that. They thought my vote for Jill Stein was a waste of a vote. Guess what? There were write-ins for Harambe. That was hilarious. That's a waste of a vote. Anyways, but here's the thing. I'm not trying to say that, you know, don't vote for Joe yeah. Biden. I don't care. I really don't. But what I do care about is that putting research into your politician mm-hmm. before you vote. And if his belief system is saying that like every single video game to ever come out is violent, there's violent, but teaches you how to be violent. And he calls all game developers little creeps. There's a misunderstanding of what video games are Mm -hmm. in the mainstream. And this there's sort of this, um, you know, idea of arrogance behind this. And it's really not all they were just trying to say is that, like, listen, we've got this economic boom here in America. And I wonder if he was talking to Andrew Wilson because he is a little creep. But anyways, but that's the thing is that like he wants government control Mm -hmm. over this. And I'm not going to say it because I did put in my notes. I'm going to say it anyway because I got sick break. Um, China also has this kind of control over the media, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. China does have their say in this. You know, in certain parts where what can come out, what is banned, blah, blah, blah. And that's not a good state to live. Like we live in a free country and, you know, you have the right to consume what you want to consume. And that's just it, you know. But if they put it against the law to or or have lawful restrictions to this. Now, again, I'm not a political person, you know. No, that's not my main frame. We don't do much research. So I might be talking out of my, you know, keister here. But what I am seeing is that, like, this, again, this isn't Joe Biden's exclusive thought process. Many different, like, older politicians have this. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple people running for this, Mm -hmm. for the office, had this idea. My thing is, which first I want to say that it's funny that Joe Biden thinks that video games make you violent when he is one making me feel violent. Anyway. <laughs> video games don't make me violent. Joe Biden does. He does. He's making, few, making me feel very violent. Anyway. Print that I just, I just really... Oh my gosh, I am now. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh yeah, if we sold merch, it would definitely be going on a shirt. Wow. 
Yeah, we're not trying to sway your votes now. <laughs> no. But what I was going to say yeah. before that was that I was talking to you about this, how I just feel like politicians, mm-hmm. when they say things like this, I don't think like you're saying like, oh, we need to do our research on them, but they need to do their research on us too because- yeah. Not like what Joe Biden did, where he's like, I did some research. Yeah, like, he, the research that they need to do is see who's making up their votes. Yeah. Our generation is starting to play a huge part in votes. Mm-hmm. And because they are making it more and more, they want our generation to vote more. They want us to make the majority. Mm-hmm. But a good chunk of us all play video games. Yeah. And... Saying things like this, he could have said this and said it nicer mm-hmm. and he wouldn't and it probably wouldn't bother me as much. It's the words he used yeah. to express his opinion that makes me angry. Yeah. And if he knows who his voters are, which I'm sure there are voters yeah. and a good chunk of his voters who are older and do agree with him. Mm-hmm. But we're still a big chunk of voters. Mm hmm. And he just lost a bunch of us yeah, by using those words and having that mindset. And if people really want the votes of the younger generation, they're going to have to also start understanding our standpoints and where we are. I'm really trying not to get political, and I'm usually not a political person. But when it comes to personal things like this, like student loans, video games, art, yeah, don't get me started. Exactly. You really shouldn't because I get very passionate about this stuff. And I just, I just, I'm kind of, like I said in the very beginning, I'm really just not happy with the words he used because those Mm -hmm. were hurtful and unnecessary. I'm done. So I just want to close out this conversation that um, there is still hope for us gamers, you know, uh, gamer girls out here. Um, (laughs) There's still hope because here's the thing. I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast. That GM has been around for 111 years, and video games have been around since 1985. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, arguments aside, you know they they've been around longer than that, Adam. Ha ha ha. But 1985 was like the rise, give or take. Okay. Yeah. There will come a day when video games are respected in the same way as screenwriters are. Or as artists are, you know, like painters or modern artists, because our generation will rise up in age. And <laughs> pretty much, we will have this perspective of uh, game developers are yeah. actually really good artists. And these people will say, like, okay, game development yeah. is an actual thing. Just like you see skateboarding. Okay, here's the other thing skateboarding is being so respected, whereas in the early 2000s, skateboarding was seen as just like punk rock kids you know just you know no good trouble and now it's in the olympics skateboarding is in the olympics people i think video games will start to be taking taken more seriously Mm -hmm. when our generation are the ones holding major offices yeah and that's a thing we all grew up with video games Mm -hmm. and so when we're in major offices we're not going to think that hard on like even people in our age group who don't play video games, they don't think of them in such a horrible light. They might not agree with them. They may not like them, but I don't think they'll judge them as harshly as the older generation does currently. So what I'm trying to say 
And before I say this, just want to make sure that he can. Oh, good. Nice. For some reason, I thought, you know, differently. So what I'm trying to say by the end of this podcast is um, uh, Corey Barlock for president 2024. I looked it up and I when you I was wanted like, to make sure he was born in America. Yeah, because I for some reason I thought he was born in Sweden. I don't know why. Like for or some you always have that sneaky Canadian. <laughs> you got that sneaky Canadian. <laughs> you got the, those Canadians who are like, wow, didn't know they were born in Canada. Yeah. Ah, you little sneaky. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Corey Barlog, president 2024. That's what I'm trying to say in this podcast. But that's the thing is that like there will come a day. I think there's still hope. I don't think we should always be worried that like, oh, this is always going to be the uh, this is always going to be the thing for video games. No. It's just that it's not has been around. It just hasn't been around long enough for it to have the respect that it deserves. So, um, but yeah, I think we can close off on that as the. Uh, I'm not even going to bother turning that back on. Yeah. So Sorry, you're going to have the police stand by coming up right now on YouTube because yeah. um, there's no point in turning the camera off when we're closing. Yeah. But yeah, let's just close this off. Uh, but yeah, we want to re- uh, read all of your comments down below. This could be a divisive talk. I understand that. Politics are divisive, which is why we kind of... Sorry if we raised your blood pressure. This is why we kind of steer away from it, because we want a more neutral stance so that conversation can be had. Mm-hmm. But if you agree or disagree, we want to hear it all in comments down below. What are your thoughts about Joe Biden's statements? Do you think he was right? Do you think he was wrong? We want to hear all of it in comments down below. And if you haven't yet, definitely hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or any other audio uh, interface, including Radio Public, which directly helps the show out, Mm -hmm. um, definitely subscribe to those uh, so that you know when all these podcasts come out. And if you enjoyed this episode, definitely give it a like, definitely give it a share so that more people can know about these podcasts. So with all that said and done, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week. Have a great week. Bye.